Get ready for all things finances. On the Start With Christy podcast, we are celebrating the launch of a three-part course series, Start Knowing Your Numbers. In honor of our launch, we'll be focusing on financial podcasts throughout the month of May. Each week, we will be bringing in experts from different areas to talk about everything from budgeting, retirement, financial planning, teaching your kids about money, and even the emotional aspect and how we relate to money. If you are ready for a deeper dive into your own personal finances, are ready for a system and to be more organized, you can check out startknowingyournumbers.com today. I'm so excited today to have David Nicholas. He is the president and founder of Nicholas Wealth Management, a full service investment and financial planning firm in Atlanta, Georgia. David's opinions and commentaries have been featured frequently on Fox Business with Charles Payne, CNBC, CNN, and Fox News, Fox and Friends, Atlanta Magazine named David Nicholas in 2020 and 2021, 500's Most Powerful Leaders in Atlanta. David, I'm so excited to have you here. So great to be here, Christy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to it. So you guys, to like add in another layer, David and I actually both got finance degrees together. That's how we originally met. And it's been fun from afar seeing him kill it with what he's doing um, and build just an empire. So I'm so excited that we have pu- we've really picked way different paths. Um, but it also goes back to planning and be- bettering ourselves and alignment. And I'm really excited to talk to everyone today about navigating down market and talking about numbers and sharing a lot yeah. of your experience um, with everyone that's listening here. So thank you. Absolutely. I think, Christy, I sat behind you in class. So I'm not saying I cheated off you to get to where I am today, but I'm also not <laughs> not saying I did that. So thank you. I, didn't, I wasn't that sure I was going to admit that, but um, so thank you for that because of you uh, that I'm here. So thank you. Oh, that's funny. I was always that kid that like sat in the front of class. I don't know what yep. that is. And it's yep. just my competitive. I want to know. I want to be. And I think I'm still probably that same kid. I think so, for sure. <laughs> Well, our title here today, we actually started talking about it off air and I'm like, nope, nope, save it. It's navigating a down market. Um, We've been experiencing a lot of volatility in our market and I um, wanted to dive and ask you some specific questions, but your first question is, what is a down market? And I'm like, well, it kind of depends because in a down market, there's a lot of people that are actually thriving. Yeah. Um, So, but then there's also a lot of people that are not. Um, so, and I think that really for a down market, in my opinion, it's that high volatility that people just feel like it's uneasy, like, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that something's coming on the edge and, um, you know, what do you do? So to, in a down market to kind of make sure that you're not going the wrong way, what would, what would be your advice? Yeah, because it's interesting. You know, we we talk about a down down market. Well, I was looking at the news this morning. The S and P five hundred just hit an all time high, right? So it's like markets are trading at all time highs. So, it, but like you mentioned, if you look at the economy, things are starting to get back to some semblance of normal. But there there's still parts of the economy that you know, still are hurting. And I think it just comes down to if if you're someone that you have a four hundred one k, let's say you work for a company, you've got a four hundred one k, or maybe you're just starting out. Maybe you're uh, starting as an entrepreneur, so a lot of your capital is tied up in your business, or you've just been saving, you have some extra money to the side. I think it's hard to say, well, okay, markets are now at all time high. Do I then dive into the market now when they're trading at all time high with the hopes that they'll go higher, or do we wait for some type of pullback to get invested? So I think it's it depends on how we're looking at it, right? If we're looking at it from the market standpoint, I just think that th- there's really this powerful thing in finance called dollar cost averaging. 
And because I get this question all the time about Bitcoin, David, should I buy Bitcoin? Should I not? It's trading at 50, whatever it is, $60,000 a coin right now. I, I can't justify paying that. And the answer has really always been the same. You know what? Sometimes you just have to, it's kind of like starting a business, Christy. I'm sure you could speak to this, but you kind of just have to close your eyes and jump in. But I think you can do it the smart way. And I think it, when it comes to the market, if you've got a set amount of money that you want to get invested, you don't have to do it all today, this month. You know, you can look to dollar cost average. So if you say, look, over the next 12 months, I want to have X amount invested in the market. So just start, right? Maybe monthly, if it's $10,000 that you want to invest, take $1,000 this month, go buy a position. Next month, do the same thing next month so that you can really start to even out your positions of getting into the market. So that's really from a market standpoint, you know, how do you navigate this? Markets are all-time highs because we do. You mentioned, Chrissy, hey, is the, is the shoe about to drop? Is something on the other side here? You always have to be, you know, reminiscent of that. But the one thing I will say is me and you, Chrissy, relative to, you know, retiring, we're still very young. I would say most of your listeners are probably young professionals, either young individuals. We've got time, meaning- Are we going to tell them how old we are then? Is that what you do? Are you giving up my age? No, I am not. I am not, <laughs> not at all, but more like fine wine. I think we're more like fine wine, right? It's, it we can say better. mid-30s. We're mid-30s. Yeah, somewhere there. there. You, you round down, you know, maybe 29. Uh, so, um, so yeah, so, so I think it's we've, we've got time though. I mean, we really do. So we can afford to take more risk than someone like our parents or our grandparents just because we've got time. And so I would say, don't be afraid of risk. I, one thing for our generation I've seen a lot is, our generation more than prior generations are somewhat fearful of taking risks. And we see that with the number of businesses that are being started. Some of those numbers are the lowest that they've ever been. The same thing applies to the market. So I, I wouldn't encourage just get started, but don't be afraid to take some risk. I'm big on calculated risk. Um, and I think that's that's in business. And I think that for me, I'm also a little bit more like I like to know all the factors, you know, I, I tend to want to control. So sure. the hard part about the market, right, is I do all this research and I don't really want to get too much into what I believe is going to happen or you believe is going to happen because I think that could lead us down a whole nother well, route. I'd love, I'd love, like you as an entrepreneur, um, like when you look at the market, like what do you think? Because you take risk in your business, but like, I, and I always love to hear from the outside, like when you look at the market, does it scare you where it, things are at right now? I'm just curious. Um. I think if anybody is an entrepreneur and it's scaring you a little bit, that's actually a good thing. Sure. Um, I will say that the biggest lessons or the biggest pivots that have happened in my business as an entrepreneurship have come from the stuff that scared me. Yep. Uh, so yep. I actually would answer yes. And then I also would say no. Um, going through a bunch of different seasons, I have learned a lot of knowledge and I think all with intent purposes that has allowed me to diversify. Um, so all of my mm -hmm. eggs are not in one area from an entrepreneur perspective. That's good. Yep. Um, and so I think that if you're an entrepreneur and you felt you felt it this last year or anyone else, even not just entrepreneur, right? It, your, your resume as someone that's working for someone else, but you need to be that backup person to go back to work or you need to, you know, the more diversified, the more skills, I think that ultimately people stop learning new skill sets and um, the hardest things that we experience fortify growth. And if we can really just be open to lean into that. Um, so yeah. I'm not going to sit here and say, I'm not fearful. I, I am fear. Um, and I think that, uh, I've always been that way from the yeah. day one that I started the company to year two, when we were featured in Forbes entrepreneur Inc, like I was still fearful even more. So actually probably then when the success was happening, cause it's a bigger engine, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, fear doesn't escape, but I think what helps is plan and understanding. And it's finding that right balance of, um, knowledge and, 
gut and intuition and not being afraid to continue taking leaps and with the knowledge that you now have making maybe different decisions uh, that you point. didn't make before. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a great point. And you know, I, so I, the one thing I would say to you is like, where are your expectations? Meaning like as an investor. So if you're someone that's looking at the market, like a lot of times we, we want to put money in the stock market and we want to wake up two days from now and say like we doubled our money. And I, I think sometimes we forget that when we're owning stocks in the market, you know, we're owning share, we're, we have small ownership of companies, right? So like, it'd be like, Christy, if, if you said, hey, David, I'm going to sell you or, or I'm going to offer investors in my company, I'm going to sh- give them shares of my company. You know, we wouldn't expect that a month from now that we're going to be doubling our money by investing in your company. That we would say, you know, what, this is a long term investment. Hopefully over the next three to five to 10 years, we should get a good return on our money. But if anything, we might even be you know, losing money in the short term. But our long term prospects are really good. So I'd say the same thing for the market. It's like, you know, I think because of the last year with COVID, where the markets have just came roaring back in such a short period of time that a lot of people made a lot of money in a short period of time, but that is not normal. You know, normally we would invest in a company today and not even think about it until three or five years out to see, to really evaluate that investment and that company and whether or not that was a good recommendation. So it's, it's, I would say if you're investing today, some of the fear is, Am I going to lose my money in the short term? And you know what? Um, I would actually put it to you a different way. If you're investing in companies, we invest in companies that sometimes are intentionally losing money right now because they're reinvesting most of their profits back into the business. So if they're highly profitable right now, well, that may not be a company that we want to invest in because we want to invest in companies that are going to have long-term good growth out- outlook. So I don't know if that, that you know gives it a little bit of my outlook too about where the market's at what our expectations are, and also about taking risk as well. Here is a little brief commercial break to tell you a little bit more about Start Knowing Your Numbers. It is a three-part course series. The first part is going to be understanding your credit, which will help you to understand what affects your credit store, how it impacts you, and how to actually improve it. The second module is going to be Budgeting Simplified, which walks you through how to create budgets a couple different ways. I'm also going to be showing you my way and giving you a system of organization so that you can really start making solid projections for your future. The third module is going to be Advanced Home Accounting. I am going to be teaching how I run my home finances just like I run my business finances. Even if this method is not for you, the terminology and the information that you will learn here will leave you never making a financial decision the same. I have always had a love for numbers and finances, and I cannot wait to share with you what I have learned. It has honestly been through hard stuff and over a decade of business and home experience that I have had developed the system, honestly, out of necessity. And I cannot wait to share with you what it is, how it works, and how it can impact and help your life. If you are feeling confused on finances or need a system of organization, check out Start Knowing Your Numbers today. Retirement though is this thing that we should all be thinking about. So what do you even tell people? And I'm sure it's different ages, different things, but what does it take to retire? I'm sure is like the most normal question, a specific dollar amount, their lifestyle. Like, how do you even start calculating when someone sits down to you and being like, okay, I need to actually start thinking about my retirement. What should I do? 
Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it really starts with what, what do you think your expenses are going to be in retirement? I know that's hard to say if I ask, Hey, Christy, what are you going to be spending when you're 65 years old or 60, whenever you want to retire, whatever that number is, you're like, I have no idea. And so a lot of times what we start with is, okay, what are you spending today? And if you looked at what you were spending today, Christy, it's probably very high, right? You've got a business, you've got family, you've got, you know, your personal life, like you're, you're probably spending a lot of money to keep your, your lifestyle going. Well, the, the reality is, is that in retirement, we're just not going to be spending to the same degree, but it'll be different spending, right? We'll be traveling. Maybe it's kids and grandkids that we'll be wanting to spend in travel time with. So what we try to do is figure out what are we going to spend in retirement? And then what we do is we increase that number for inflation. So let's just say that, I don't know, I'm throwing out round numbers. Let's just say someone, it takes someone $10,000 a month to live today to cover all their expenses, you know, whatever that number is. Well, we'll back out of that maybe a mortgage payment because you don't want to have a mortgage payment going into retirement is one of the number one things I recommend for all our clients. Make sure you don't go into retirement carrying debt. So if you don't have a mortgage payment, you don't have debt, your only expenses are your food, your groceries, your utilities, your eating out, your fun, your activities, and your traveling. We will figure out what that number is today. So let's just say that number is $8,000 a month. Well, then guess what? Unfortunately, there's inflation. So 8,000 today and 8,000 20 years from now is going to be very different. So we take that 8,000 a month, increase it for inflation. So let's just say 25 years from now that that number is really more like 16,000 a month is what you're going to need in retirement, right? And then it's just a simple formula. Okay, well, if you need $16,000 a month in retirement. How much in retirement assets do you need to cover that? The reality is most people don't realize it, it takes a lot to retire. Like I would say that the average person right now to maintain a lifestyle that they want in retirement is probably closer to three or four million dollars of of retirement dollars in retirement. I don't want to get too technical, but let's just say you need sixteen thousand dollars a month in retirement. That is, let's do math, one hundred ninety-two thousand dollars a year. You would need about a five million dollar retirement portfolio to cover what would be the equivalent of eight thousand dollars a month in expenses today. And that's with uh, making money on that 5 million or no, you're just saying 5 million cold cash sitting. Well, 5 million earning 4%. Okay. So yeah, earning 4%. Now our goal for our clients is that you don't deplete your money in your lifetime. Like we want to create legacies for our family. So we always say, well, we'd like to live off the interest in retirement. Sure. So like if you retire with $4 million, hopefully you can just live off the interest throughout your life. And you can maybe pass on to your kids or your grandkids an estate to where, you know, th they're going to be okay. That may not be a goal of yours. So if, if you're not worried about a legacy, right, then you can get less. But yes, I mean, it's really, it, I think most people are going to need, I know we hear, we think a million dollars is a lot today. It's really not. 20, 30 years from now, it's not going to be a lot of money and it's, it's inflation that's going to hurt. So that's why you, you really got to be saving. I mean, I, I tell my clients, a minimum, and this is hard to do, but my clients that have saved 20% of their income towards retirement, they, they, they never have gone to retirement. I can't say never, but the majority of times without having enough. So I would say that find out what if that number is, if you're making a hundred thousand dollars a year, you know, 10% at a minimum, you want to be saving towards your retirement. My clients that save closer to 15 or 20%, they are always in, in, in most cases going to be okay as far as having enough to retire. I love that. Um, so talking about inflation, and I, again, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole too much, but I see inflation coming um, at, a, at a rate that we have to kind of like in the short near future. 
it's got to looking at like economics at the basics of it. How are you telling people right now to prepare for some inflation that might be forecasted? And you might not think that it is forecasted. I don't know. This isn't a conversation we've even had. So yeah, no, 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 you're spot on. So um, you know, what's amazing. We know what interest rates, we we have recorded interest rates going back for 5,000 years. So the, the Egyptians, one of the civilizations that were the earliest to do recorded writings, they actually had, so we've got what interest rates were 5,000 years ago. If you go from the early Egyptians 5,000 years ago until today, right now we are living at the time of history that has the lowest interest rates in recorded history, right? What a time to be alive, Christy, exciting stuff. So the odds are, if we say, well, are interest rates going to be going lower from here? No. I mean, the the reality is rates are going higher. And what that means is, is we're more than likely going to see inflation. Okay. And I always say like inflation is kind of like the silent theft. You don't really f- see it, but you certainly feel it. So you go to the grocery store, things are more expensive. You go to put gas in your car, things are more expensive. So this is why, you know, if, if you've got money that's just sitting around in a savings account, or a checking account and it's earning close to zero, which is what most savings rates are making right now, you are losing money upwards of two to 3% a year just because of inflation. So this is why I think that you you wanna have the bare minimum in savings. So I'd say three to six months of your living expenses should be in savings. Anything over and above that, in my opinion, you've got to have invested because if not, you wake up five years from now and realize, wait a second, the money that I thought I had saved is just, it's not even a fraction of what it should be because of inflation. So with the inflows of uh, money that has been impulsed into our market, yep. I mean, that's where inflation is going to come too, I feel like. Yeah. I mean, uh, let's see the last stimulus bill. And again, lots of Americans have been hurting. Lots of business owners were hurting. I get why we did the stimulus. So we take the politics out of it. The reality is, is it just comes down to math. You, you can't spend what well, we just spent two trillion dollars this year, close to three trillion last year. So five trillion dollars in additional stimulus spending, and you can't do that without getting inflation. So yeah, Chris, you're, you're exactly right. We're going to see the effects of that as it works its way through the economy. So your advice would be to just to kind of break it down for people. Um, yep. 20% ideally would be what you're putting away for retirement. Yep. And you're putting that away with a diversified portfolio. What are you, what are your suggestions? Is it all stock? Is it like, what is your suggestions there? Yeah. So uh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I'm, I'm going to keep, no, I'm going to keep going, but yeah, go just, ahead. That's a yeah, question. Yeah, yeah. No, no, good. We'll keep it rolling. So 20% is like the gold standard. I like, I am, I'm more surprised when I see people saving 20%, but if you can good for you, like if I had a little award to give you, I'd, I'd give it to you. So I would say you got at a minimum 10%. So 10% is a minimum. You've got to be putting 10% away for retirement. So what do you do? So it's based on your age. It's based on your risk tolerance. But I can tell you, if you're someone that's in your 20s or in your 30s, in my opinion, you don't need to be owning bonds. You, you need to be owning stocks. So at a minimum, you can own an S&P 500 ETF. So you can buy the ticker symbol. I think it's SPY is the t- ticker symbol for the S&P 500. Vanguard has a great S- low-cost S&P 500 fund. So uh, if you're young, in your 20s and your 30s, really even into your 40s, the majority of your retirement money should be in stock. Well, David, the market's scary and you know markets are all-time highs. I know, I know. But again, we have time on our side. And over time, a lot of these ups and downs will work itself out because we've got the time to stay in the market. So then three to six months of emergency funds. And I guess that varies whether you have a volatile um, 
job or you're an entrepreneur, like people that are entrepreneurs, they have to save more because they're, they're, you know, there's more volatility in there. Yeah. Um, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. Gosh. Um, I, one thing I was gonna tell you really quick, Chrissy, about uh, entrepreneurs is I see a lot of times entrepreneurs are the first to neglect their retirement. And what I mean by that is so much of their life and their resources are tied up in their business. And I totally get that. I'm an entrepreneur myself. And it's like, we can sometimes say, well, I, I need capital for this. I need capital for this. I've got to make payroll. I've got to do this. I've got to start a bill, you know, and what we sometimes forget is for the retirement. So I'd also encourage if you're starting or a budding entrepreneur, of course, you got to get your business going. You've got to get it running efficiently, but you also don't want to neglect your own retirement savings as well. Yeah. I mean, I think that's huge. And I think that's, yeah, I think a lot of times that can happen. And even if, uh, you know, for me, I have a finance degree, I'm familiar with this stuff, but I don't take the time. And I think that's for a lot of people, right? That's why we hire trainers to train us at the gym. It's why we, you know, go to a therapist for therapy. It's why we go to a financial advisor that actually practices in that field because they're knowledgeable in it. They're, you know, trained to give you the best amount of ROI for their time, their resources or whatever. And I think a lot of times um, we don't take the time to think, oh, I need to hire or outsource this aspect of my life, whether they don't feel like they can trust it or, or, you know, and I think that, I think that we're missing if we, if we don't have mentors in all the different areas of our life, whatever it may be, obviously we're talking about finance here, we're missing the boat. Um, And even if you, it's even kind of worse if you think, oh, I can do this myself, but you don't have the time or resources to do it. Yep. You can't. Yep. We all only have a minimum amount of time. Um, so yeah, I I I can f- fully see that and agree with that. Um, um, let's see, where do I want to take it next? Uh, so we talked a lot about entrepreneurs. So, you know, everyone that's listened to this, they all know that I have the Start Knowing Your Numbers course. And what I teach, David, is um, I teach how to understand your numbers. So you're talking about, you know, ground level, like figuring out what their actual budget is. Most people don't know what their overhead of their lifestyle is, what it actually costs for utilities. Are you seeing that with with people coming in? Do you think that most people have a realistic expectation of knowing how much their lifestyle costs? Yeah. Not only do they not know, when they give me a number, it's almost always lower than what it actually is, right? Yep. And so it's like, yeah, okay, David, I think I'm spending 5000 a month. Well, and then when we actually try to dig into the details, oh, it's really eight or $9,000 a month, which is a yep. significant difference. So um, I, that's amazing that you've got that course and that you're helping people walk through that because the earlier you can get a grasp on what your finances are, you know, you'll start to see that pour out into other areas of your life because it, I, I'm surprised how many people just have waste that they don't realize what they're spending money on, but it also is a big deal in retirement. I will tell you, it's not as big of a deal now when you've got an income coming in, you've got a good salary or wage, but when you get to retirement, I mean, a difference of a thousand dollars in retirement could be the difference of you running out of money or not. I mean, it is that significant. I mean, when we model this out for clients, if someone told me that their expenses were 7,000 a month, and then in reality, it's 9,000 a month, they could have gone from passing off a million dollars to their heirs to running out of money at age 80, just by that $2,000 difference. So this is why it's so important to have a grasp on this now, but especially if you're approaching retirement, you can't just guess at this. Like you've got to know what that number is. And like, I'm a financial advisor and I still hate, feeling constrained by budgets, meaning great. I got to, what am I spending? I got to write this, but I actually think creating a budget doesn't make you constrained. It actually, I think creates freedom in that 
you can spend more intentionally. And I think it actually allows you to then almost value what you're spending because you, you have a, gra- a grasp on, you know, where your money's going and, and how, what it's being used for each month. So I don't know if that makes sense or not, but that's kind of what I see on my side of the, the table. And absolutely. I mean, a hundred percent. And, and I'll just be really vulnerable here and, and be completely honest. You talking about entrepreneurs and a lot of times, so I've been divorced for almost three years now. And, uh, prior to that, when I was married, I didn't really keep an eye or, uh, know my numbers or know my overhead or know that aspect of my life. I was so busy with my businesses. I really didn't ever focus on that. Hmm. So to be completely honest, like what I'm teaching with a start knowing your numbers course, uh, it's what I've done as a business. Like you, ha- in order to know what you're doing three months, in order to know if you're going to go on a vacation, in order to know, and I can flip it and say, in order to know what your marketing budget is, in order to know what inventory you can actually order, in order to like those kind of things, it's the same thing. Hmm. So it actually three years ago, I was like, okay, I have got to know. Like I am now a single mom of three kids, and I'm considering keeping a second house. Like, what am I doing? Um, I have to start running my business or my home, just like my business. Mm -hmm. So I actually, David, I run like chart of accounts. Like I have uh, QuickBooks (laughs) for my own personal finances. I know a profit, I can run profit and loss statement on myself. And what that does is it gives me freedom to be able to know how to make decisions, what I can do from a personal perspective. So I really run my home like my business. So, um, it's amazing. Yep. You know, the thing about it is, is it didn't come until like, okay, like you got to wake up and like figure all this out. And so it was taking what I did is in a business perspective. And, you know, so I'm not sitting here saying you, you should like, I didn't either. I didn't know either. Um, and so now I'm very dialed in and knowing, and that knowledge has given me freedom. Um, you know, cause three years ago I couldn't sleep at night. I'm like, what am Absolutely. I doing? Yeah. I don't like, and I am someone that likes to know all factors and all different things. So I've been able to, you know, buy a house, flip it, buy another house. I'm not going to do it again. I'm staying here. But you know what I'm saying? Do a lot of robust things um, that I was able to do. And it was only through like careful budgeting and planning and understanding my numbers. It's huge, huge. And I think that it's a huge, powerful thing. You know, and I always like to simplify it. I always say your budget is probably broken into two categories, your needs and your wants, right? Your needs are the things you just got to pay for, right? Your, Your mortgage, your utilities, your food. It's the things that pretty much month over month, it's going to be pretty consistent every month, right? But then there are the wants. And the wants are sometimes the things was where we get in trouble from a spending standpoint. And a lot of times what happens is our wants are taking up a bigger share of that budget. And we get to the end of the month, we're like, why am I short every month? You know, I I don't think I'm spending that much, but like, I I don't know why I'm short. Why can't I ever get ahead? Why, Why is my credit card bills seem to never go down. And when you break it down between our needs and our wants, we realize, wait a second, the wants part of the pie chart is a lot bigger than what I actually need to have and live each month. And so when we can kind of, when you know, like, wait, I'm spending how much on uh, margaritas on Friday? Well, (laughs) maybe as much as I love margaritas, maybe I'll take one Friday off and figure out until I can get my, you know, my, my budget back together. And I think it just really helps you see I think most people just don't understand how much of their money is going to things that are small, but they're really just wants and they can be such a big share of our budget. But when you can see where that money's going, it then allows you to make better decisions, right? As a business, what you just said, Christy, the only way you can make a good decision on your business, you got to know where the money's going. And I also just think it can be more rewarding when you get the right budget in place 
and then you decide, hey, I've got X amount of money just for my wants. I can go out and take a vacation. I can go shopping. I can do all this stuff. And it's not going to affect my overall budget. That is such a rewarding and a freeing feeling. It is. I mean, it's almost become a game for myself. It's a competition. Like, you know, um, it really has. And I think that that's what you have when you, when you have that knowledge, you have that power to be able to make those decisions. Yep. Um, you know, and, and like, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I would just love to be able to get out of debt. Like you can do it. Like it just starts with knowledge. Sometimes just calling the credit card company and figuring out what is your actual rate? Like, and then, you know, what is, what is your plan to pay it down? Cause I speak to so many people that feel like they're in over their head and they can't get out. Um, and I can empathize and understand. Um, and it only, you can do it through careful, a course of action and a careful plan, um, and understanding those numbers. So absolutely. Well, let's end on what makes your firm different compared to other investment firms. Uh, we're amazing. So uh, starting there, right? Um, no, we. Uh, I know because that's always the question, right, David? There, there's thousands of advisory firms. Uh, there's, there's so many in a free market with so many choices. So I, you know, one of the things. So my mom growing up was a single mom. She raised me and my two sisters on her own, and my two sisters on her, on all on her own. And you know, my mom's my hero, and. I look at my mom and she did such an amazing job. She worked hard. She is the hardest working person I know. She saved for retirement. She, as hard as it was, she tried to save and put money away. But she got some really bad financial advice, uh, I would say, in the mid-90s. It, advice that was so bad that it ended up awfully, she ended up losing the majority of her retirement money because of that financial advice. And so part of why I do what I do, obviously it's what I went to school for, it's what I was trained for, I love doing it. But part of it is also, I, I think about my mom, and I'm like, if my mom had someone that truly took the time to care about her and truly give her good fiduciary, proper financial advice, like my mom financially would have been in a significantly different position than what she ended up being in. And so, you know, I would tell you the difference with our firm is I think there's a level of, you know, empathy that I'm not saying other firms don't have that, but I just think it's, it starts from the top. And it's like, when we are sitting, sitting down with the client, we truly are trying to figure out what does that client need, right? What is going to be the best possible solution for their individual case? My, my issue with some of the big banks, the big firms is they've got these sales quotas and, you know, you come in, you think you're getting the best advice, but the, the advisors has to meet a certain quota for the month in order to hit his sales goals. And I just think that to me is like the worst possible scenario. And so with us, again, we truly look at each client differently, but we also look at it from a standpoint of, you know, we want that client to be a client of ours today, but we also want that, that client or that family to be clients of ours 20 or 30 years from now. And so we're trying to build a relationship on the front end that's not just going to be a transaction where we're selling a product or a stock, but we're really helping our clients build financial plans that last and can get them through uh, to and through retirement as well. I love that. Well, where can they find out about your firm, about you, all that good stuff? Yep. So I uh, appreciate it, Chris. Our, our website is nicholaswealth.com. That's nicholaswealth.com. We've got a lot of stuff on the website. Um, a lot of our videos are forever on TV, on Fox or CNN, CNBC. We'll post clips of that on our website. I think there's an area there to sign up for an e our email list as well. You'll get updates from us. I, I do a weekly email every week, my thoughts on the market, you know, what's going on in the economy. So if you go to the website, you can sign up for that as well, and you'll get added uh, to our email list. 
That's amazing. Well, David, this has been so fun. Uh, after what? 15 years? No, 10 25, years. 25, 30 years right now. Two, uh, two, two, two years. Ago? Two right, years. Two. Ago. Right, 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 <laughs> so thank you so much. Um, you guys check him out. I, I love what he's doing. I love that. I didn't realize there was some heart behind there as well. So um, I love that. And I think that the companies ultimately that position themselves with a purpose and a mission and not just uh, a dollar sign or a number, um, I think ultimately come out on top. So awesome. thank you so much, David, for being here. Absolutely, Chrissy. Thank you. And kudos to doing an amazing job, having an amazing company and being an amazing resource for so many people. So it was an honor to be on. Thank you. Thank you. And we will be back next week for more, you guys. Thank you again so much for being here. If you haven't done so, please also take a moment and subscribe to the Start With Christy podcast. And just remember, we will be back next month with our normal calendar of motivation, inspiration, helping you to continue starting to be your best self.